1: The Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm one ten one tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory. The rebel podcast. We would be honored if you would join.
0: Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. As always, Pootie and um, P-Nate bringing you another recording through Zoom because we can't figure out a way to get to Garage Mahal anymore. It's like we're living in an occupied country.
1: (laughs) Well... Dave is very busy as well. Dave is uh, he's a, a highly sought after recording superstar. and so uh, he's doing a big project right now as well and then he's trying to get some vacation in uh, while the RV weather is still good. So um, yeah, so we're doing what we can. We're figuring it out. We are not in the comforts of Garage Mahal, but we are here to record, which I'm excited about. How you doing? I'm
0: doing. I'm doing great. I feel like we're recording from secret locations right now. That we're practicing for like Canada.
1: We're just practicing. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and we're just switching up our location every time so that we don't stay in one place too long. So coming to you live from an underground bunker somewhere in an undisclosed location in Canada. (laughs) The, The truth is, man, we're not far from that, right? Like we're seriously not far from that. Like I don't know if you've been watching all the all the mandates coming down in terms of like what people are suggesting with these vaccine passports and stuff about like not being able to get groceries like you have to like designate a vaccinated member in your family to go get groceries and stuff like there is crazy stuff if if in this upcoming election if the NDPs happen to be to win I'm pretty sure everything you and I do would be illegal within a month
0: Pro- probably Jimet um, Singh is
1: just a
0: he, knob he is a knob um I'm sure, like, somebody will get offended that we called him a knob, but he's, he's a big tool. Um, so there's that. Uh, you know what's funny, funny about this whole thing is that somebody actually recently mentioned to me, it was like, oh, man, you're, you might get put in an internment camp if you don't get your vaccine, so you should get it. And I was like, I was just, so I was thinking about that being like, yeah, apparently, apparently there's been rumors. Um, there is a couple of articles online from a couple of years ago saying, like, the health minister was like, everybody who doesn't get it should go into, like, camps. Um, the vaccine. So I was just like, I was, but I was thinking about this and I was like, you know what, if they want to put all the basically evangelical Christians who aren't getting the
1: vaccine and the left-wing hippies, (laughs) we'll just evangelize them. And that will be good. They got nowhere to go.
0: They'll have to feed us. They'll have to provide like shelter for us in a, in a camp where we don't have to work or do anything. Basically all we're going to be doing is doing church all day long for (laughs) seven days a week. Be like, Okay. Jeepers. Sounds great. Let's sounds great. Let's do it. That's, That's crazy. crazy.
1: It is just so crazy. All right. Well, that was a long introduction, but we are the rebels. Uh, we are part of the Fight Laugh Feast network. Um, we are on the, the Canadian side of the app, so you can uh, listen to us on the Fight Laugh Feast app. If you don't have that yet, I, I, I really do suggest that you get it. Um, I know Canada is a little bit further down the bunny trail, but let's be honest, cancel culture is coming for us all. And I know that uh, Cross Politic had a bunch of uh, videos flagged uh, t- a couple weeks ago off YouTube uh, for quote unquote disinformation so the best way to not get canceled is to uh to download the app and uh, and we'll always be uh dropping stuff on there Uh, but you can also uh, follow our stream at uh reformed rebel network and uh, uh or rebel podcast on whatever podcast catcher you find uh, if you want to get back to the show, become a club member Fight, Laugh, Feast. That's certainly anything that helps the network helps us. And I would encourage you, if, if maybe you've been listening to the Rebels for a long time and, uh, you know, we've gone from the uh, Berean Media Network, to the Reform Rebel Network, and now here we are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Canada Network. But uh, um, I would just encourage you, go and listen to like Reform Pubcast is phenomenal. Um, Cross-Politic, obviously, is one of the OG and it's it's been really, really good. Um, there's a lot of good stuff. Leadership Now, Dr. Aaron Rock is on the canada side of the uh, fight laugh feast network as well and uh, there's just really good content matt williams and ad robles so there's 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 a lot of great stuff coming out of this network and uh, we would encourage you to uh, become a club member another way you can give directly to our show is uh, you can go to patreon.com slash reformed rebel and you can get back to the show that way okay that's all the housekeeping
0: we might need you to start giving because, like, I might be out of a job. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that might also be the Chris's supplement, supplementary employment fund. Although, think of what we could do with the Rebels if you just didn't have to work.
0: That'd be amazing. Yeah, We'd actually be, have content be. every week.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so good. Small goals, small goals. So, yeah.
0: I, I have some Rebel news that I want to throw at you this week. All right, yeah, go, go for it. it. Um, so, mm-hmm. have you been keeping up with all the stuff that's happening in Afghanistan?
1: Yep. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, here and there as much as I can. Yeah,
0: no problem. So I wanted to get your thoughts because we've been hearing all for the last two years, all we've been hearing is Romans 13, Romans 13, Romans 13, respect your, your government. Well, right now yeah. the government in Afghanistan is going door to door, trying to find Christians to kill, uh, yeah. basically. So what, what are your thoughts on this? Shouldn't they be obeying Romans 13, Nate?
1: Well, you know me, I'm a, I'm a Romans 13 onlyist. So absolutely. Um. Yeah. Whatever the king wants to do, you you shall not defy him. I'm pretty sure that's what Romans 13 says. You know, it's interesting. I, I saw a tweet from uh, our friends over at the Gelding Coalition. For any any of our listeners who honestly just want a good laugh, I, I I they they certainly walk the line in terms of just straight mockery. But I I think it's actually warranted these days. Um, at least with some of them. So the TGC was just so brutal during these lockdowns and i would just say tgc canada was very very um harsh with i would say us you know trinity bible chapel um aaron rock and his church at uh uh, Harvest Windsor and uh, you know Joe Boot, the Ezra Institute, Michael Thiessen. Um so some of these guys who have been fighting the hardest, I think, for for liberty and for the church to stay open, were really in the crosshairs of the Gospel Coalition Canada over this entire pandemic. I think they came down not only on the wrong side of it, but they just pig headedly doubled down on their their position every time. And, and so throughout the pandemic, we have nothing to do with it. We've been asked several times if we do. We don't run it. But there is a, a great sort of meme site out there called the Gelding Coalition. And uh, it's, it's actually quite funny. And it just kind of pokes fun at uh, the woke pastors who are telling their churches to stay home and stay safe right now. The tagline for the Gelding Coalition is stay soft, stay safe and uh, it's funny. So you should go in there and look at it. But one of the things, uh, they actually came up with an article that said uh, that, you know, uh, in order to abide by quarantine's protocols, uh, instead of going to Afghanistan, they just sent a plane behind with a sign, an air sign that read Romans 13. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, and that that's the big joke, right? So here we are. And, and so... You cannot exegete a passage in two different ways based on how, you know, based on how it's going to affect you. Um, Romans 13 is either an absolute or it's not. And if it is an absolute, then all of those Romans Romans 13 onlyists should be telling all of the Christians in Afghanistan to just line up and, and take their shot in the head. Let their uh, their wives and daughters get raped um, after they're killed as, uh, as the Taliban come door to door looking for them. Um, but if you're not going to say that, then you have to realize that obviously there's a line. And that line doesn't uh, that do- line doesn't change based on your subjective feelings about the persecution. Okay, so nobody is nobody is arguing that the church in Canada was as persecuted as what's going on in Afghanistan right now. Not even close. Obviously, we all know that. But we can't. Our exegesis can't rest on how emotional our response is to the type of persecution that's happening, either. Romans 13 includes submitting to unjust laws and people um, and uh, civil leaders who are over, uh, over overstating their uh, God-given delegated roles, or it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't matter how bad the persecution is, that what matters is where is your line biblically? And what we've said the whole time, and I think it's the only biblical um, uh, position, is that Romans thirteen is telling you to submit to the civil authorities insofar as God has delegated authority to the civil authorities. They have they have a particular role, and that particular role they they uh, function within. But the minute they come in and try to tell you about worship, the minute they they come in and try to tell you what your family should be doing, the minute they start um, doing anything that's outside of their God delegated roles, um, it's not only not. Necessary to obey, I would actually say you're lying about the world and how God made it and how God delegated His authority. If you submit to unjust rule, so, so yeah, I th- I think uh, what's going on over there is is just a just not easy for anybody with closed churches who had been chastising us all year to defend uh, Romans thirteen the way they have anymore. Yeah,
0: it's, it's interesting, too, because like one of the things that we've experienced in our church and I know um, like other churches in Ontario, Aaron Rock's church, Jacob Realms Church, um, a few other churches have experienced actual quite a lot of growth during the pa- ba- during the pandemic. And, not, yeah, absolutely. And, just, and just so our listeners are, are aware, it's not all just transfer growth either. There are people who, um, I won't name names, but there are people who have come to our church who said they came because we were fighting the fight. But then they found Jesus, you know what I mean? And yeah, they were like, Oh, absolutely. And, and I believe like, I'll probably get the number wrong. Aaron Rock can correct us, but I believe I think he's done like something like 75 baptisms since yeah. the pandemic, like, um, or th- this year or something like that. And I think Jacob's like in the fifties or something like it's crazy. The, the amount of growth.
1: And yeah, in terms of new believers, like we're talking about new believers too, right? Like exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, And so what I, what I was, where I was going with that is like, I read a, a thing. I don't know if this is one church or all of the registered or, assumed underground church in afghanistan um that within the last couple of weeks because it's only been going on a couple the last couple of weeks that the taliban's kind of re reared its head um so to speak but the underground church in afghanistan has gone from like 300 people to about 2500 wow. during this time where the taliban is executing christians and so like i i just say that to say like we're both post mill. So when we look out and we see this darkness that's happening in our country, we're hearing about it in other countries and like it's darker there than it is here to be honest. But like yeah. God is working in all of these things to bring about the people who, who he's called to his kingdom. And we're seeing growth by obedience, by being yeah, faithful. Absolutely. Growth, growth is coming. Um, which is, which should, I think, and I'll get your opinion on this too. This should spell, uh, spell the death knoll for all attractional churches, for all the idea that, hey, if we model what, model what the world is doing, people will come to us, where this is like, if we do exactly what the scripture says, even if the world is going to try to kill us, God will b- build His kingdom. I think that yeah. should end the, end the idea of attractional churches.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, never underestimate the wickedness of man's heart, but um, I do think you're right in that I, 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 I think that's one of the main things that God is doing right now. Um, I think I think there are many churches that closed their doors over the last a year and a half. I'm not saying that about all of them. Uh, I think that there are some good men who made bad choices and uh, some faithful churches that acted unfaithfully this past year. I'm not going to say they're all apostate or anything like that. I'm not, I, I don't want uh, to get into that sort of rhetoric. But what I will say is that um, there were many churches and many pastors who closed the doors of their church, uh, went online, did whatever. Um, and those churches will never open again. And I think that that was exactly a, a big part of God's plan in all of this. Was to separate the, the sheep and the goats, was to, you know, separate the wheat and the chaff, um, and, uh, and to ultimately glorify himself by, um, by sifting his church. And, uh, and so I, I do think that that's one of the things that's happening. And I would, just, I would just encourage, like some of our listeners, you go to churches that close their doors and you have pastors that close their doors. And I mean, you know whether or not that line has been crossed. Uh, we're going to see, you know, uh, we're going to see very quickly what pastors are willing to segregate their congregations based on the new cleanliness laws um, you know, in terms of vaccinations and, and, and not vaccinated people and stuff. And I think that will be a very good sign of, of sort of how, how woke and how, uh, apostate your churches has, has become. But, um, I would just encourage you, if you're listening to this, whether you're a pastor, you go to a church that, that closed, like God is merciful and he always gives chance for time for repentance, you know what I mean? Like it, it would take, it It takes a very humble person to sit there and say, look, I've been wrong for about a year. We probably should have stayed open. We shouldn't have mandated these mask things, but we keep going down and further and further. And, and somewhere along the lines, we crossed a line and we're so sorry. And, and we got to come back from it. And, uh, and the truth is like, like our church did that. Our, our church, um, did not immediately, um, you know, fall into line and just say, "Hey, we're not doing this." Like, it we we made some mistakes along the way. We we asked our congregation to do things in compliance early on. We moved our chairs apart and things like that. That if I could go back, I wouldn't have done. Um, but we we got up in front of our church. We we repented of our actions, and uh, when we realized that, hey, we we did a couple things. And we didn't realize what a slippery slope this was. And we're not going to do that anymore. And really at the turn of this year, when we kind of did that and just said, no more church is normal again, and it will be the whole time. Um, that's when we started experiencing growth. So I, I say that as someone who has who needed to repent. Um, at times throughout this year, and and so I just say to some of those pastors, those elders who close their churches, hey, God is merciful. It's never too late, and I would just encourage you repent and uh, and start running the church the way Scripture has compelled you to run your church. Stop letting uh, the state run your church, and uh, God God will bring that blessing. I, I can guarantee it. So. Um, okay, that's, that's not even what we wanted to talk about today. Right? No,
0: you just got all of a sudden very vulnerable. I'm like, I'm kind of emotional now. I'm like, oh, that's
1: so sweet. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever been called sweet, especially not on this podcast, booty. But, um, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so here's what we did want to talk about today. So, uh, the title of the episode today is When Responsibility is Lost. And, uh, and here's sort of the topic. So I'm just going to kind of throw something out at you, Chris, and I'm just going to, I'm going to talk for a little bit. I'm going to you know, I've been thinking a lot about what's going on in the world, right? Like this is what pastors are in some ways philosophers, right? So, so we, we sit there and we analyze what's going on in the culture and we try to give rhyme and reason to it. And when we see idiotic and crazy things going on in the culture, um, you know, I I do think pastors are sort of an expert on, on the human condition in a lot of ways, because we're so steeped in in scripture. We do a lot of counseling, a lot of biblical counseling and, and things like that. And so, Here's, here's one of the things that I think is, has, hasn't gotten enough attention when I analyze what's going on in the world around us. And, and that is, I think our world as it is right now is, is essentially what happens when people are scared of God-given responsibility. And, and what I mean by that is, okay, so it, with COVID, you know, one of the things that I've, I've been shocked about is how eager people are to absolve themselves of personal freedoms and personal responsibilities, right? We saw this very early on with some of the mask mandates and some of the things that were being talked about at the church. So I was accused as a pastor um, when mask mandates came down and and we said that the the masking was going to be a freedom of conscience issue. I was accused several times of basically uh, saying, hey, um, you are not creating a safe environment for me. And, and it, you know, and that argument held water with me for maybe a couple of weeks until I started to realize like, and, and it's hard, right? Cause these are people you care about and the, the misinformation about the virus and all this kind of stuff. So it, you know, at first that kind of got me and I'm like, okay, like I want, I want my people to be safe. But I started wondering like, what is the elder responsibility for creating a safe environment like, what, like where in Scripture, when, it, when it's talking about the qualifications for elder, does it talk about the ability uh, to keep people safe in the gathering, right? And I, I just look at that and I'm like, I don't want to create an unsafe place, right? I'm not, I'm not being crazy here, But but is it my responsibility to make sure that every single person who's in there is masked so that the one person who is not who who comes in who's fearful doesn't feel like it's an unsafe environment and and let's just pretend that masks actually work right that's a whole other issue and we've talked about that but let's just pretend that they do you know is it my responsibility to make sure that that there is a clean, safe, sanitized bubble place for people to come in and enjoy worship? And, and it's interesting. So, you know, you, you take that thought that like now the responsibility is on every store, every church, everybody else to like create a safe environment for me to come into if anybody could be watching us right now, I'm talking with my hands and I feel like the hand gestures are really helping. So if you're just listening to the podcast, you got to you got to roll with me here. But, we should but I do mean, one we, of these
0: videos sometime just so people can see the amount that you like <laughs> gesture. The with your or, hands?
1: Yeah, the, the origami, the air origami with my hands here. Yeah. Um, but like so so asking the government to sort of regulate everything, making other people responsible for our safety. And then, and then you even just think about like th- this, there's, there's other things going on right now. Like think about how much fact checkers have just like taken over the social media platform, right? Like I can't make a post on Facebook anymore without it getting flagged, um, you know, for, for whatever reason, probably cause I have extremist friends like you. And, uh, and so, y- you know, even fact checkers, it's like people don't want to read an article, and, uh, come to a conclusion. People don't want to have a conversation with people and debate truth. What they want is they want to go to Snopes. They want to find out what they're supposed to think about information that's coming out. What am I supposed to think about the Capitol riot? What am I supposed to think about? They don't want it. They don't want the responsibility of having to figure out what to think about things themselves. So they go to a fact checker, right? Yeah. And, I mean, this goes so far down. I mean, I could go down this bunny trail forever here. Like we even talk about like insurance. Like even in our world, you it is illegal for you to drive a car without liability insurance, right? Because you, you know, we live in a society that does not want the possibility of something happening that they can't control. We don't want to drive a car, you know, and be responsible should we hit somebody, hit something, and not have the money to, uh, to like we don't want to have the money put aside. To be able to actually pay for the damage that we caused, we need to be insured for that. And, I, you know, it, it's just everything in our world seems to be a result of people just trying to absolve themselves of responsibility. And, uh, and I just see this pandemic is going down and down in, into, that, uh, into that world. And, and I I can't, I can't find any other explanation for why people would prefer slavery to freedom. So, so that's just kind of what's going on in my head, Chris. That you know, you talk for a bit, riff off of that. What do you, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I think I think you're bang on. There's there's so much happening in our in our culture. There's so many ways we could look into all these things. First first and foremost, like as you said about the fact checkers, critical thinking is no longer an accepted skill. You know what I mean? Like, right. in fact, I would say critical thinking is actually frowned on as a negative character trait. So, like, and this and this goes all the way through. Think about like when you were a kid and I I, like, I happen to know your parents, so I'm sure they didn't do this, but like it happened to uh, me as a child when it was like, you know, something comes up and we ask the question why, like, well, why is that the case? Most parents or some parents in my, in my life, anyway, my my parents would just say, just because just, it doesn't matter (laughs) why, just because like you just accept what I'm saying is absolute truth and move on. And I'm sure at some level, we all do this with, with young people where we just like, I don't have time to answer the question, but what we've done is we've trained people to like only want to get the information to never actually think through the process and so what happens is they get to school kids get to school and they get to their work and nothing's ever explained it's not it's like here's the headline and that's all you need to do and what happens is that we live in an internet age where we sit down in front of a computer and we can we can throw out anything we want and never have to have any ramifications if we're wrong or right and so what happens is we live now in a culture where it's like don't think critically about what I said. Just regurgitate what I'm what I'm saying, and that comes from the top down. This is why, like, we can't we can't see anything. So therefore, fact checkers are the Gestapo of our society. They're out there to stop anybody from having an opinion that doesn't line up with the narrative of whatever and whoever is pushing the grand the grand narrative. And let's be honest, at this point, it's it's generally the loudest voices, the like the loudest. Um, political party or um woke person out there that's spewing out this information and it's unloving if you even challenge even if you might end up coming to a conclusion that agrees with them it's unloving to even question what they're what they're doing asking the question why now is the cardinal sin you know what i mean like yeah. that's the unforgivable thing in our society and we see this in in church we see this with with christians all the time in not our church but in other in other churches where it looks like We are supposed to be good Bereans. I should, as a congregation member, be critically testing everything that you're saying from the pulpit on Sundays, but we don't do that anymore. We just listen, which is how we get Bethel's and, you know, all these different churches that are kind of out there.
1: Well, and, and yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, some of this was highlighted for me. I was, um, I was on Facebook and I saw uh, somebody in our church, Who had posted, uh, sort of reposted something that I've seen go around and and you've probably seen something like this before where it said something along the lines of like, um, you know, stop saying you did your own, you've done your research, Right no, 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 you're relying on someone else's research and what you're sharing is an opinion or something like that. Right. And so I've, I've seen this, like, I, I I hate it on Facebook when people get into semantic wars. Right. So when somebody says, I, you know, I've done my own research or, you know, do your own research. I mean, nobody's claiming that they're involved in the clinical trials that are going on. I mean, can we just stop the shenanigans? It's like, that, that's just a silly kind of childish, childish, you know, way, way to try to condescendingly chastise someone on Facebook. Um, so we all know what people mean when they say do their own research. So um, just so that I don't get chastised, um, I'll use the term homework. But this is a fairly disturbing trend where we're seeing people's personal responsibility attacked and, and people are being encouraged not to do their own homework when it comes to information that's coming out. And it's, it's really, really interesting because um, obviously there is a lot of conflicting information out there and it used to be a virtue that people would kind of do their own research, do their own homework, like, like figure out, look at the sources of the place that they're getting their information from and all this kind of stuff, go and read it themselves. Not. and, And I think in a, in a, in a world where increasingly we're being lied to by mainstream media, by politicians, by all kinds of things, I think this becomes more important than ever, but you're exactly right. When you said we're called to be good Bereans. And what I would just say is that applies to more than just the Bible right? So you're, you're a hundred percent right. Every single person who is listening to me preach on a Sunday morning ought to be listening to what I, I I teach and should be going home and searching the scriptures and finding out whether or not the things that I'm saying are so. That's how pastors are held responsible for the things that they teach and they preach. And the elders are the, are the first stop at that, right? They're the first ones. Um, but every single person should be testing what's being said. But the other thing I'd say, so so it applies to more than just the Bible, because that means that we should be taking biblical wisdom to everything we hear. Information about COVID, information about lockdowns, information about Afghanistan, all of this stuff needs to be filtered through a Christian worldview. If we're just doing it about the Bible... Then we're not filtering what we're hearing on ads and movies and media and songs and all kinds of other things. We need to be good Bereans in every way and take what we're hearing from the culture. And this is this is spiritual warfare. This is Second Corinthians uh, chapter ten stuff, right? That uh, we take strongholds and uh, make them obedient to Christ, right? We tear down strongholds and make every thought obedient to Christ. So the other thing I would just say on this this regard is we have to remember that. So if Christians are engaging in this whole, like, don't do your own research, don't do your, like, just trust the experts. It's actually completely unchristian, right? The, the, the Protestant faith was built on the premise that the Bible needs to be in the hands of every single believer in their own language. William Tyndale gave his life for this, right? Because he recognized, and, and there's that famous like dinner party story where he's, he's, there's a cardinal there, and William Tyndale is arguing with him that um, there should be, you know, Bibles in the hands of every commoner. And it's very interesting what the cardinal says, right? He says that um, the Bible is too dangerous in the hands of the commoners. And he, and he says, you know, best left to the experts. Wow. And you know what T- Tyndale's response was? He says, "I defy you. I defy the Pope. And should God give me uh, grant my life long enough, I'll see to it that a plowboy knows more about the Bible than you do." And that's that sort of famous line. But what's interesting is that, um, you know, the Bible in the hands of every believer is is what the Protestant like caused the Protestant Reformation, right? Like this is this is the revival that happened. And, and so when Christians are now saying, trust the experts, trust the experts, trust the experts, they're using the same arguments that all of the uh, Catholic bishops and priests were using prior to the Protestant Reformation, right? Well, you can't be trusted with the information that's in the Bible. Leave it to the experts and don't question the official, the official stance of the experts institution. And, and. And so I'm seeing a lot of unchristian posts out there who are calling for Christians to just, you're not a virologist, so just trust the experts. What they're saying is, you can't be trusted with the information, you commoner, just trust the, the official you know, expert institution. And I would just say, if, if Martin Luther and William Tyndale and uh, all the other guys that we admire who are Protestant Reformation heroes listen to that sort of advice— um, you'd still be listening to Latin homilies every uh, Sunday in your Catholic church. So, forget that noise. Yeah,
0: it's, it's amazing because, like, um, it's it's funny how so often history repeats itself, right? So, same totally. same our, our idea that was happening in the 1500s, just with um, about the Bible. We're doing the same thing now about COVID. Even like the um, in Canada, I don't know what it's like in the states, but in Canada, we we've, we've gone to court and been told, not me and you specifically, but we've gone to court as like Christians and been like, can you show us the evidence about COVID to why we would even need to do all these restrictions? And we were told, you don't need to see this. You know what I mean? Like you, we don't need to present any evidence, which is the exact same argument that the bishop was having is like, it's too dangerous if you have this information, best leave it to us because we know we know better than you. And it's like, um, it's the same thing, but yet we have so many people in our our in, in church, in in Canada, that look at this and don't put in practice the things that we've learned from the Reformation in everyday in everyday life. It's we're we're so quick to just uh, basically want to want to submit. Basically, is the right the right answer. And I'm not right. calling everybody to be a, to be a rebel on like for rebel's sake. We're not freedom fighters for no reason. We're freedom fighters for the fact that like we believe that Christ has given us a free, a freedom to express. Right. So um, might be want to flesh that out a little bit, but um, yeah, I just think it's very, very interesting. And I think it all, I think it all stems. I think you said something when you first started talking about um, the idea of like uh, people crossing God given authority. And -hmm. I think like a lot of, I think a lot of this stems from just, we don't like, even as elders in churches, we, we have, we've overstepped what our role is. So you made the point is like, it is as a pastor in the church, it's not your role to keep people safe. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't stop anybody from getting sick. You don't have that power. You don't have the power to, um, you know, prevent me from getting hit by a car. So like your authority extends to where the Bible has given you authority, teaching me, um, like, you know what I mean? Like teaching sound doctrine, um, you know, correcting false teachers, things like that. So it's funny, like in, in this idea where Elders have taken authority to be like, no, we need to mandate masks and we need to mandate vaccines and we need to mandate these things where, where really what they're doing is just overstepping their their authority, which is the exact same thing that they will be, be crying the government for, for doing the, like, overstepping their authority. Right. So, like, we need to make sure, like you're like we were saying earlier about being good Bereans, we need to make sure that we're good Bereans in terms of what's being taught, but also good Bereans in terms of, like, staying in our own lanes for what we're actually called to do you know what i mean yeah Yeah.
1: well and so and it's interesting so as you're saying that i'm just kind of flushing out this idea and how it all pertains to responsibility basically what's happening in our world is people people want to take responsibility for what's not theirs and they want to um like Drop the authority that they've actually been given. Right. So you have a bunch of people who want to tell you that you should mask up and that you should get a a vaccine. And yet a lot of those people are the same people who won't educate their own children. Right. God given responsibility, educate your kids, raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. No, we're going to send them off to state schools. Um, or, or you get, you know, people who want to tell you what you ought to be doing. This is what loving your neighbor looks like, Chris, wear a mask and stay socially distant and this and that and the other thing. But what do they not want to do? Uh, The Bible commands you to be hospitable, to break bread with one another, to greet one another with a holy kiss, right? It's just like, I'm not going to do the things that I'm response that are actually in my sphere, but I'm going to get up all up in everyone else's sphere and tell them what they ought to be doing, what they're responsible with. And so you, you have this, this exchange where, you know, they, they want the responsibility they haven't been given, but they don't want the responsibility that they have been given. And, and I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. This is the garden of Eden, right? God, God says, you know, don't eat of this tree, <laughs> right? Don't eat of that one, but you can eat of all the other ones. And, and what happens? Wow. The tree on that one fruit or the, the, the fruit of that one tree, boy, that, that one looks really good. They want the one thing they can't have, and they don't want to bear the responsibility that God has given to them. Cause what's one responsibility God get, did give to Adam. Give her my instructions correctly. And then what do we see? The first thing that that Eve says, oh, we can't even touch that fruit. Well, Adam is immediately not communicating correctly to his wife the, the instructions that God gave him, which means he's not following his responsibility, and yet they want something that isn't put into their sphere. So it's this idea that we don't want what we're given, but we want what we're not given. And and the, the truth is, like, this is just childish. Like, at the end of the day, it's obviously sin. We see it in the fall. But it's also, it's just childish. And, and Christians need to grow up. Because this is the same stuff I see with my kids all the time. You know, have you ever seen a kid? You've seen my kids' booty all the time. It's like they haven't played with that stupid toy for you know months, and then a kid comes over. That's in, you know, we we invite another family over, and the and somebody's playing with a toy, and my kids are like, "That's my toy. I want it." It's like you haven't played with that in months, but I want it now. Why? Because that person has it, right? I mean, you even see this in like high school dating stuff, right? It's just like you know, it's in every every teen uh, teen romance movie, right? The 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 he, she doesn't want the guy that wants her because he's, he's the nice guy, she wants the bad boy, but then the minute that he's not available to her, now she wants him, right? I mean, this is just human nature. We want the things that we can't have, and we don't want the things that we're actually given. And it's childish, it's sinful, and I think uh, we need to recognize that when God gives us responsibility, he's, uh, he's, he's giving us a gift, and it's actually for our flourishing that we operate within the the spheres of responsibility and authority that God has actually delegated to us.
0: Absolutely. And sometimes we need to remember that the small things that God has given us to do, like um, we, we have a tendency to want to be like everybody wants to be a preacher. Everybody wants to be, um, you know, more involved or more public or more whatever. But like you think about David, David had private victories before he had his big public, public victory over Goliath. Right. He beat the yeah, lion. Right. Um And so like sometimes God is trying to prepare us for bigger things but we have to be faithful with the things that are that have been given to us in advance so example in our christians homes homes like if you want to be able to speak into culture if you want to be able to speak to your neighbors about how to raise their how how they should best raise their family, or they do the do this other thing. Then you best be faithful in your own home at doing those things, or else that's you've right. earned no right to speak to, that's right. to speak to anybody else about it. It's like uh, we all like the big joke is Karen, right? Like the big the big idea of the Karens. And yeah. What what's the what's the joke of the Karens? The Karens are having conniptions about everything that's happening in the church, when like you know, they're not doing any of it themselves. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, they're yeah. criticizing everybody else for what they're doing. I and mean, it's one of those ideas where we're like you earn the right to be it's a weird way to put it, but you earn the right to be critical and judgmental when you're the one that's doing all those things and you're turning that intellect back on yourself. Wording is probably failing me there, but you know what you you get what I'm getting at?
1: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I think that you're I think that you're right about that. And I think um too often, what happens is so. Basically, what you're saying is, is here. Okay, here's what I'm thinking about. Words are starting to escape me too, but um, uh, there's there's a guy we both know, so I'm not going to use the names. Um, and uh, and he has he has like a landscaping business, and it was kind of a joke all the time with us, right? Because uh, we we go somewhere that's right near this guy's house all the time, and the guy's, the guy's yard and, and house is just a mess on the outside, right? Like it's just, it's, it's, it's terribly landscaped and he has a sign out there, right? Cause his truck has like the, the thing on it. And we're like, dude, I would not be advertising that you own a landscaping business when that's where you live. And that's that sort of like, I'm not hiring that guy. And the reason I'm not hiring that guy is because look at his lawn, right? He might do great work, but the reality is, is I don't want him to come and landscape my house my lawn because i look at his and it's nothing that i want right so so this this whole idea that um you know people can come in and tell you like this is the funny thing like the people who are most critical about what we've been doing at our church for example are people who haven't been to church in a year and a half like why why am i taking your advice about what church should be like clearly you don't know what church should be if you're not willing to go right and it's the same sort of thing it's like you know, you can look at all of these kinds of things. Why on earth would you, um, you know, uh, the some of these politicians who have been telling us, you know, stay home, stay safe, and and what is it that they're doing? They're breaking protocols. They're acting hypocritically. They're not following any of these mandates. And you're you're looking at these people, and it's like these are the people that you're you're wanting to follow, and so so here's, here's, I guess, maybe an application point of all these things that we've talked about. Let's try to wrap these up into what's the application point. I think as, as, as Christians, what we need to do, look at some, if you're a guy, find a man who is the husband, who is the father, who is the Christian that you want to be, who's 10 or 15 or 20 years ahead of you and spend as much time with him as you can. If you're a woman, go find the woman who is the mother, who is the wife, who is the woman of God, who is the prayer warrior, whatever that you want to be, and go and spend as much time with them as you can. And I think one of the things that we, we forget is that the Christian life is one that's meant to be lived um, by imitation, right? Paul says, follow, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ, right? And, and so I think when we're looking at responsibility, Anywhere you look in the culture is full of people who are abdicating their roles, who are abandoning their responsibility, who don't want what God has given to them and are being greedy about the things God hasn't given to them. So go find somebody who's being faithful with what they've been given and spend as much time with that person as you can and imitate them as they're imitating Christ.
0: Absolutely. Um, Like we we talked about yesterday, right? Like a disciple is... Is discipled once he he looks like his teacher, right? That's right. Um, so um, go and do that, and then find somebody to do that for. You know what I mean? Like right. keep the process exactly. going, right? Um, yeah. Like while you're being discipled, disciple somebody who's not where you are, because obviously you can start bringing the process, and that's how we. That's how, as a church, we bring along new leaders, new elders who know what their what their roles are, and how we basically replace ourselves in our in our churches, right? Um, which is exactly shockingly how the bible describes this thing should work right we look we see paul had barnabas and he also had timothy and mark you know what i mean so right um he was he was doing those things if you want to use jesus i know there's some of those people who only want to ever use jesus for anything jesus spent more of his time with with um peter john and and uh why am i james james is the name i was looking for i was like Thomas <laughs> <Like, laughs> <laughs> uh like he spent more of his time with them than he spent with anybody else including his other disciples right so um he was pouring his life into other people so you need to be pouring your life into other people but being being poured into by people who you want to look more like you want your life to model them and that doesn't have to just be within the bible that can be like you know, if you want if I'm not a handy guy, if I wanted to be more handy, I could find a handy man to spend time with and I would become more handy. You know what I mean? Like so, like this this works in all different facets of of society, and I think that's what we should be doing. So
1: Amen. Yeah, absolutely. And I would just encourage people like, go and read the, the gospel accounts, read, read up on Jesus. And in every situation, he was the guy who was bearing responsibility. Right? like he was the guy washing the disciples' feet. He was the guy calming the storm. He was the guy who said, "No, don't send the 5,000 men away. Let's feed them. You feed them." And the disciples was like, well, "I can't feed them." So Jesus takes it upon himself to feed them, right? Like everything. And and I mean just at the very center of our faith, the gospel is God bearing, taking on his shoulders our redemption, our salvation, and taking taking responsibility for that. Coming into the world, leaving heaven, leaving comfort to come and bear responsibility that wasn't his to bear, but knew that we couldn't bear it ourselves. And so I think in a world that is scared of responsibility, in a world that is scared and wants everybody else to be uh, responsible for keeping us safe, for helping you out, for doing things for you. Be like Jesus who took responsibility wherever he went, bore responsibility and showed other people what it looks like to be a man who takes responsibility in every situation he's in. Cool. We are still going to talk about what churches and people should be doing. Um, we talked about that last week. So we are going to do that. We just, we always get good ideas. I don't know if this is a good idea, but it seemed good to me. So thanks for playing around, along with me, Puty.
0: No, no problems. I appreciate it. I'm glad that sometimes your mind goes in that in these ways so that was good and you gotta love the fact that i just completely forgot james's name i'm like Hamas rodriguez like i, I couldn't get the
1: name you got soccer on the brain still putty because
0: literally he's a soccer player that's why i was like i was I like how do i say that word um anyway that's weird it's funny it happens um, this this is what you get if you uh pay attention to the rebels all the way through the end you get these your little gold nuggets at the end but we are the rebels
1: well you well you you're like you're literally on break from work right now so like you're probably your head's getting back into the work game so um i'll let you get back to work thanks for uh taking a break and uh and recording with me and uh we'll see everybody next next week see you guys bye